0: Today's scripture reading is 2 Kings chapter 1. After the death of Ahab, Moab rebelled against Israel. Now Ahaziah fell through the lattice in his upper chamber in Samaria and lay sick. So he sent messengers telling them, Go inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, whether I shall recover from this sickness. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Arise, go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria and say to them, Is it because there is no God in Israel that you are going to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? Now therefore, thus says the Lord, you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. So Elijah went. The messengers returned to the king, and he said to them, why have you returned? And they said to him, there came a man to meet us, and he said to us, go back to the king who sent you and say to him, thus says the Lord. Is it because there is no God in Israel that you are sending to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? Therefore, you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. He said to them, what kind of man was he who came to meet you and told you these things? They answered him, he wore a garment of hair with a belt of leather about his waist. And he said, it is Elijah the Tishbite. Then the king sent him to a captain of 50 men with his 50. He went up to Elijah, who was sitting on the top of a hill, and said to him, O man of God, the king says, come down. But Elijah answered the captain of 50, If I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50. Then fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50. Again the king sent to him another captain of 50 men with his 50. And he answered to him, O man of God, this is the king's order, come down quickly. But Elijah answered them, If I am a man of God, let fire come down from the heaven and consume you and your fifty. Then the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. Again, the king sent the captain of a third fifty with his fifty. And the third captain of 50 went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah and entreated him, O man of God, please let my life and the life of these 50 servants of yours be precious in your sight. Behold, fire came down from heaven and consumed the two former captains of 50 men with their 50s. But now let my life be precious in your sight. Then the angel of the Lord said to Elijah, go down with him. Do not be afraid of him. So he arose and went down with him to the king and said to him, thus says the Lord, Because you have sent messengers to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, is it because there is no god in Israel to inquire of his word? Therefore you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. So he died according to the word of the Lord that Elijah had spoken. Jehoram became king in his place in the second year of Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, because Ahaziah had no son. Now the rest of the acts of Ahaziah that he did are there not written in the book of the Chronicles of the King of Israel? May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word.
1: Uh, There are a myriad of ways you can receive messages these days. There are text messages, email messages, direct messages, voicemail messages, video messages, and so on and so forth. Getting messages to each other in our day and time is not hard. But getting people to respond to messages is a different story. With our advancement in technology regarding how we send and receive messages and the plethora of messages that we receive, it has become the increasing norm that many messages go unanswered or rejected or even ignored. I won't. I won't embarrass anyone by asking you how many unread emails you have uh, in your inbox. Sadly, sadly, this has bled over into the messages we receive uh, from the Lord. People assume that when the Lord speaks, that when God speaks, they have the option to ignore it, to reject it, to. To let it go unanswered that however is not the case God's messages are meant to be responded to his his word when it goes forth it demands a response our text this morning is about a message it's about God's message God's message delivered to the king of Israel and his response to that message that's what our text is concerned with. But first, a little bit of background. 2 Kings, Second Kings, in many respects, begins with where we left off uh, last week with the death of Ahab. Remember, that's how we ended the sermon last week. Ahab, judgment had come to Ahab's house, uh, and he was put to death. And like we mentioned, uh, last week, the nation was in disrepair. Living contrary to the commands of God, under the, uh, the the reign of Ahab, Israel continued to break covenant with Yahweh by following after other gods. And this rebellion began uh, long, long before Ahab took office. It uh, uh, took took um, took the reins, took the throne. It began with. Uh, jeroboam the the first king of israel when the kingdom split into the northern and the southern kingdom and we read that we know that in first Kings 16 verse 25 through 26 omri who was the father of ahab did what was evil in the sight of the lord and did more evil than all who were before him for he walked in all the way of Jeroboam the son of Nabat, and in the sins that he made Israel to sin provoking the Lord the God of Israel to anger uh, by their idols sadly this decline had been going on for some time in the nation they they were not following after the commands that the Lord had set forth for them but as we know Ahab took it to another level didn't it? Remember, it was said of him that he did more evil in the sight of the Lord than anyone, than any king, than any king that had come before him. These wicked kings had led uh, God's people into a dark abyss. But at the beginning of 2 Kings, we are reminded that Ahab is now uh, dead which is interesting, transition in leadership often brings hope for new beginnings, hope for a better day. Perhaps, perhaps uh, the death of Ahab would mean that the kingly office would now turn back to the Lord. Where it once was doing evil, perhaps now it would do good. Would, would, the question is, would the wickedness and rebellion come to an end now that Ahab's Uh, dead what we will see is that unfortunately that is not the case at all we will see that Ahab's legacy and influence will continue to march on through the reign of his son it's been said before in parent-child relationships that sometimes the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, right? It's the adage that children often follow in the footsteps of their parents, and in some cases, that is a good thing. Some of you are teachers today because your parents were teachers. So, and so in some cases, this idea of the apple falling far not falling far from the tree is a good thing but in this case it was not good ahaziah who is mentioned in the first verse of our text who is now the king of israel is the son of ahab and we learn a little bit about his reign and a little bit about him in 1 Kings 22, 51 through 53. This is the end of 1 Kings. It says, Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel in Samaria in the 17th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. And he reigned two years over Israel, short time, just two years. But in those two years, he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the way of his father and in the way of his mother and in the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, who made Israel to sin. He served Baal and worshipped him and provoked the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger in every way that his father had done. Ahaziah was following in the evil footsteps of his parents. Now, this is not the point of the passage, it's an aside, but I think this is a helpful aside and should be a sobering reminder to us. It also, it also I believe, gives us once again insight into the state of the nation, of, of what was actually happening and going on in Israel at uh, the time. Ahaziah, following in the wicked, wicked footsteps of Ahab and Jezebel, his parents, should remind parents that your children are always watching. They are listening. They are following. If, if you are doing wrong, don't expect your children to do Right? Do as I say, and not as I do, (laughs) doesn't work. They They are watching. They are following after your example. Listen, you can't expect them to make church and the things of God a priority if you yourself are not making these things a priority in your life. Now, now hear me, now hear me. They may do right even when you are doing wrong. The Lord is able to make up for our mistakes and our shortcomings. I'm sure you know it and you've met people like this. Maybe this is you uh, where you today are saved, but your parents are not, right? Salvation that's possible because salvation is according to the prerogative of God, not according to whether or not parents are good or, or, or they're good or bad behavior. And therefore, the opposite is true as well. You may do right and they still do wrong, <laughs> right? Yes, both those scenarios are possible, but please don't Think your faithfulness or lack thereof has no significance in the lives of your children the example you set before them matters it matters what does paul tell timothy in second timothy one and five hey timothy I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. Here here is Timothy influenced by the example set by his grandmother and his mother. Or think about the example of Abraham and and Sarah, the, the example they set for Isaac. Faithfulness. You can... And will have influence for good or evil upon your children. And Yahweh commanded Israel, you do understand, to influence them for good. To teach their children to follow after them. And this this is again how we get now a glimpse into the state of the nation. The the people were not following after the commands of of the Lord and what what they were supposed to do. Remember in Deuteronomy six and seven, uh, the Lord says uh, that he, he, he uh, says that he is the Lord one that there is one God in Israel that the Lord your God is one, and he says you shall teach them diligently to your children and and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up that that this was the instruction of of the of the uh, of Of the parents of of God to the parents and how they were to teach their children the expectation was that they were to teach their children the faith and to set an example for them in in word and indeed they were to fear the Lord and serve him only but they failed to do so and if they failed to do so there would be consequences for their lack of faithfulness we read those consequences just a little later in Deuteronomy 6 Verse 13 and 15, it is the Lord your God you shall fear, him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are around you, for the Lord your God in your midst is a jealous God, lest the anger of of the Lord your God be kindled against you and he destroy you from off the face of the earth. This was the fundamental issue with Omri, Ahab, and now Ahaziah. They followed after other gods, and in doing so, the anger of the Lord was kindled against them. It was kindled against Omri, it was kindled against Ahab, and now we're going to see that, 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 that uh, Ahaziah's house is going to be judged, is going to be condemned for the same covenant disobedience. Judgment, justice, punishment was coming now to the house of Ahaziah. Ahab is dead. His son Ahaziah is on the throne following in the footsteps of his wicked parents and judgment is coming to his house. That's the background of our text. Now, this is a narrative. 2 Kings chapter 1 is a narrative. It's a story, and so we will look at it as such and, and break down the story into episodes. So we've labeled, uh, I've labeled episode 1 the accident. The accident. We are not given details surrounding this accident, but the text tells us that Ahaziah was, I guess, chilling in his chambers, uh, perhaps one morning or one evening, and, and he leaned up against some lattice and fell through the lattice work that was in his chamber. And he injured himself uh quite severely uh, with this fall and he is now in his bed on on, uh, seeming like on his deathbed wondering whether or not he is going to live or he is going to die and so he's got a question he wants to know is he going to live or is he going to die so he summons uh, some messengers his messengers and he says hey go inquire of the pagan god Beelzebub of Ekron to see if I am going to live or if I am going to die. He sends them to go inquire of this pagan god. In fact, Ekron was territory that belonged to the Philistines. He says, go to the Philistine gods and inquire of them if... I am going to live or die based upon this injury I am suffering from. That's episode one. Episode two. Episodes are not that short. The other episodes are a little longer, right? So we're in episode two. Episode two, the messenger and the message. While these messengers, the text tells us, are on the way to to inquire of Zebub. Uh, we are told that the angel of the Lord tells Elijah to interrupt this mission. I've got a message for Ahaziah. We learn that message in 2 Kings 1, 3 through 4. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, arise, go up, meet the messengers of the king of Samaria and say to them, it is because there is no God in Israel that you are going to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord, you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. So Elijah went. Yahweh had been provoked to anger by the actions of Ahaziah. Here is his actions. Here is the king of Israel seeking wisdom and inquiring about the future, not from the true and living God, but from his pagan uh, figment of his imagination. This is a complete. This is complete and utter rebellion. We, we might, in our day, equate this with reading the horoscopes or, 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 or getting tarot cards out to get insight for in, into the future in terms of what's coming next. This is like calling the, the psychic hotline to, to find out what is going to happen growing up it was it was miss cleo that people would call right? you remember that some of you are old enough to remember miss cleo who would come on and tell you what was going to happen in the future ah this this type of behavior was strictly forbidden of god's people not simply because it was a fool's errand but be, more importantly because the secret things belong to the lord belong to Yahweh alone only he knows whatever is to come to pass but oh we shouldn't be too quick to judge should we this is a real temptation for many of us I agree with a commentator I read this week when he said that too often when presented with a difficult situation we find ourselves consulting everyone and everything rather than first consulting with the Lord. Uh, we, don't, we don't feel well, and our first step is to go to WebMD Web to see if we are going to live or going to die. Tell the truth, tell the truth. So some of you are saw or seen a bump on your skin and you thought, oh, I've got monkeypox," pox, right? Come on. We want to to know the future. We want to know what is going to happen rather than taking it to the Lord and trusting his purposes and plans. We go searching for answers in other places to questions only the Lord can answer. Ahaziah had a need And instead of going to the Lord, he sought to take his need to Baal. And so the Lord is going to call Isaiah out on this. He's going to call him out on it and is going to demonstrate once again that there is only one God who is sovereign over all and there is only one God who controls life and death. That is the message Elijah is told to give to Ahaziah's messengers. Messengers, he, he says, tell Ahaziah his actions have proven his rebellious heart and foolishness. And he is going to receive a just punishment for his sin. In a real sense, Ahaziah was going to be punished for acting like a fool. He was acting like a fool. The Bible says that in Psalm 14 and 1. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. This was a Ahaziah. He was going to a pagan god because he thought there was no god in Israel. That is the sarcastic question he receives from the Lord. When when he says, is it because there is no God in Israel that you are going to inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron? Is is that what you really believe, Ahaziah? Do you really believe that there is no God in in Israel that you have to go to to the God of the Philistines to inquire? Ahaziah was living his life like a fool. But God was now sending him a message that there was indeed a God in Israel and he was about to take Ahaziah's very life from him. Ahaziah, you will surely die. That's the message. You're going to die. Episode 3. The message delivered and rejected. The messengers take the message back to Ahaziah, who, who almost immediately knows who the message is from. They, they, they come back to him and they, they come back quickly. And he's surprised that they're back so soon, and they tell them that they were on their way, and a man interrupted them, the mission, and has a, gave them a message to give back to Ahaziah. He asked about this man, and he no doubt knew exactly who it was. For he had heard, I'm sure, the stories from his parents about this strange-looking and strangely-dressed prophet named Elijah. Uh, but the message is clear. They they deliver it correctly. Uh, he, he, they say you've provoked the Lord to anger, and therefore you will not recover from this injury. You are going to die. Now, this is not uh, an e- this is not easy news to receive. But but the interesting thing is, it is the surest answer he would have received. The news he would have received from quote-unquote Zebub would be at best a guest, that his, a guest that his messengers made up. But Yahweh intervenes and gives him a clear answer. The one who holds the future in his hands told Ahaziah the future. You're going to die. How how do you respond to news that you're going to die? How would you respond? Well, we know how Hezekiah reacted to such news. He became ill. We learn this in 2 Kings 20. Unto the point of death. And the prophet Isaiah comes to Hezekiah... And told him, uh, look, the Lord says, get your house in order because I'm taking, I'm taking your life. You're, you're going to die. And so we read in Second Kings 20 and 3, uh, Hezekiah's response, Now, O Lord, please remember how I have walked before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. He pleaded with the Lord for mercy. He cried out to the Lord for his help. In 2 Kings 20 and 5, we see how the Lord responded. He tells Isaiah to turn back and say to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord. Hezekiah pleaded for mercy when he got this news, when he got this message from the Lord that he was about to die. He he pleaded for mercy, and, and guess what? The Lord was pleased to grant it. He was pleased to grant this mercy. What was Ahaziah's response to the news of his death? It produced anger and a hardening of his heart. The news that he was not going to recover from the injury, Ahaziah sent a captain and 50 of his men to go after Elijah and have him brought to him. Now, we don't know what Ahaziah planned to do with Elijah once he came to him, but I can assure you Ahaziah did not have good intentions. Oh, the, the hardness we see of Ahaziah's heart here. Rather than seeing his foolishness and, and his wickedness and the errors of his ways and turning and repenting at the news of his impending death, his heart grew more and more and more callous. Brothers and sisters, what is the response, what is your response when you are confronted with a message from the Lord? Or or better yet, how do you respond when confronted with the Word of God? The preached Word when you're reading your Bible and come across something that challenges the way you are living. Do you express a heart of repentance or do you harden your heart even more like we see Ahaziah doing here? And God forbid you don't do what Ahaziah did and attack the messenger. Ahaziah thought his issue was with Elijah. Nope, <laughs> it was with God. You no, know, brothers and sisters, your issue is not with the preacher. It is not with the evangelists. Your parents and your friends are not the issue. Your issue is with the Lord. He is the one who has been offended and sinned against. It is his message that you are ultimately rejecting when the message of the Lord comes to you. That is what Jesus told the 72 as he sent them house to house proclaiming the message of repentance and the kingdom. In Luke ten sixteen, what does Jesus tell his disciples? That the one who hears you hears me and the one who rejects you rejects me. And the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. Oh, brothers and sisters, if the messenger brings a message that is in accordance with the word of God if it's in accordance with the word of God I'm not talking about that person that comes to you on the street and tells you hey I've got a word from God for you no 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 not not, not that person it's got to be in accordance with the word of God then don't reject it hear it Receive it. Don't get angry with the messenger. Go to the Lord. He invites you to come and to hear and to receive this message as Isaiah 1 says. Isaiah 1 and 18. Come now. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like Well, when the Lord confronts you over your sin, he is welcoming you to come. To come and to reason with him and to receive mercy. Oh, when the Lord brings a hard message, a message of conviction, no, he is always willing to attend to a repentant and a humble heart. That's the Lord. That's the Lord. James 4 and 6 says, but he gives grace, more grace. Therefore it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace. He gives grace to the humble. Um, But if you insist, if you insist on hardening your heart and rejecting his message, the Lord will show forth his power (laughs) and his authority. And that is what he does. Episode four, fire from heaven. Ahaziah thought Beelzebub had the power, but God was going to show him, just like he showed his father on Mount Carmel, who the real power belonged to. Ahaziah's captain and 50 men Uh, find uh, Elijah up on a hill and they order him when they when they come to him when they find him they order uh, him to come at down at the request request of the king and to go with them here is here is Elijah's response 2nd Kings 1 verse 10 but Elijah answered the captain of 50 if I am a man of God Let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your fifty. Then fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. He called down from heaven and consumed them just like the fire he called down on Mount Carmel that that consumed the water-soaked sacrifice. It was the same fire that Elijah called down was Elijah being rash here why no discussion why this response well remember Baal worshipers believed Baal to be the god of fire and rain but, but once again God through his prophet was prof- was proving otherwise this was a judgment upon Israel and Azariah for their idolatry and their wickedness God was completely just in doing this, the nation was following after idols. Strictly forbidden. They were breaking God's law. They deserved his wrath. But perhaps even more, the reason the Lord brought fire upon Ahaziah's men is that perhaps maybe this act would produce repentance in Ahaziah. That's what it did on Mount Carmel. It produced repentance in the people of God. You remember what happened, that when, when, uh, 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 when Elijah called down fire and it, and, it, and it licked up all the water that, that was around the trenches and the sacrifice, what did the people declare? Oh, the Lord... The Lord, he is God. They chose Yahweh that day. It produced within them repentance. Maybe this would happen with Ahaziah. Maybe it would produce repentance in him. Uh, But it didn't. It didn't. Oh, the chances that Ahaziah had to repent. He had plenty. The clear message and word from the Lord came to him, you are going to die. But that didn't do it. That didn't cause him to repent. So God showed forth his power with fire, not once, but but twice. We see that in the text. It happened twice. Ahaziah sent another captain and another 50 men, and they succumbed to the same fate. Fire from heaven rained down on them that didn't cause him to repent either. He continued hardening his heart, rejecting this message, and the fool sent another 50. He sent another. Because he believed that there was no God in Israel. But this time, someone was paying attention. Sadly, it was not Ahaziah, but the third captain whom he sent with men, he was paying attention. He saw what happened to the other two contingencies that Ahaziah sent. And he was deterred. He said, man, listen. Listen. We saw what happened to the last two groups. We are not letting that happen to us. (laughs) He approached Elijah completely different. He approached Elijah with a reverence and acknowledgement that he believed he was a messenger of the true and living God. Second Kings one and thirteen. Again the king sent the captain of a third, fifty with his fifty. And the third captain of fifty went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah and entreated him, O oh man of God, please, please let my life and the life of these fifty servants of yours be precious in your sight. That was that was his approach when he came up to Elijah. And this response (laughs) was met with mercy and kindness. It was a humble approach. And what did we say? God gives grace to the humble. His life was spared. Not, Not according to Elijah. It wasn't Elijah's determination. It was spared according to Yahweh. Oh, the Lord told Elijah, okay, you can go now. Go down with him. Do not be afraid of him. The Lord is the author of life and death. No one else. As Jesus says in Matthew 10 and 28, Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Episode 5. Elijah meets Ahaziah. The captain and Elijah knew who to fear. And sadly, Ahaziah didn't. Elijah goes before the king, and the message is the same. It doesn't change, it's the same. He tells Ahaziah, you are wicked, you have provoked the Lord to anger, you will surely die. Listen, brothers and sisters, when the Lord sends a message, he is not telling lies. Right. He, his, his word does not return void. It accomplishes what is sent to accomplish. Ahaziah did not repent, and therefore we read in 2 Kings 1 and 17, so he died according to the word of the Lord that Elijah had spoken. Ahaziah heard a message from the Lord. He thought he could ignore, or even worse, do away with. But God's message was delivered and his word was brought to pass. Brothers and sisters, Jesus came to earth bearing a message. A message, and that message still remains clear today. It, repent and believe in Jesus for the salvation of your soul. That's the only message. Repent and believe in Jesus for the salvation of your souls. And if you do, if, if you do that, you will not die, but you shall live. But should you reject that message, you, you will surely die. That's the message. That's the message that's been delivered. That's the message that can't be ignored. That's the message that must be received. You must repent and believe in Jesus. Oh, you will either die yet live in Christ or you will reject that message and die in hell. That is the future of everyone born into this world eternal life or death in hell so what say you to this message you can't ignore it and I plead with you do not reject it this morning don't reject this message humble your heart and receive the grace of of God today. I'm just, I'm just the messenger. The message is from the Lord. Don't reject it. Let's pray.